following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Wow, I love that worship. I hope you're as blessed as we were. Brian and Ramey just brought the noise as we are a sign and a wonder prophesying that we are a move of God. We're not waiting for a move of God. We are, you and I, we are a move of God. And then I love it when Brian started singing prophetically, stand up and show yourself strong. I personally believe that that was a prophecy that the Lord was going to stand up and show himself strong on your behalf, my behalf. But I also believe maybe it was a word from the Lord for me and you. Stand up and show yourself strong. It's time for us to stand up and enter the harvest field. We've been talking here at Word Alive for this season about moving into harvest. There's a link there that um, you can watch a message that I brought. Where do we go from here? Speaking of entering into the harvest from Isaiah 58 where the Lord spoke to us that we're busy, busy, busy about religious things, wondering why he's not answering more of our prayers, but he's calling us out of religious activity into the harvest field. He promises once we do that, our healings will begin to manifest. His light will shine in our darkness. The glory of the Lord will be our rear guard. We will cry out and he will answer. And so we are excited about stepping into the harvest. We believe the next move of God is not a move in the church. It's a movement of the church that we are moving into harvest field. And so I want to help prepare you for that today. I want to talk to you about stepping away from fear, stepping into your identity and allowing God to use you in the harvest field. But just before we do, I want to do our giving declaration with you. We thank God for you and your continued faithful support here at Word Alive, the generosity of your giving of tithes and offerings that enables us to continue to do the work of the Lord here locally and globally. And we like to make a declaration out of our mouth out loud, a faith declaration over our giving. So if you would join me in doing that, we want to release our faith into the atmosphere to begin to align up God's blessings and God's provision in our life. So let's do it on the count of three. One, two, three. Today we honor the Lord by giving joyfully to him an offering from the first of his bounty he has given us. We do this for his glory, knowing the joy of the Lord is our strength. This is an act of worship and a prophetic act that aligns ourselves with God's purposes and plans. The goodness and glory of God is here, and we rejoice in him. Therefore, we declare a season of victory and prosperity is ours. Amen and amen. I believe that in Jesus' name. If you've not uh, found a way to give yet online, you can do that. There's uh, instructions here on the bottom third of the screen that you can give online from right where you are. Thank you again for your generosity, and we bless you in your giving. My friend Chuck Pierce has been prophesying that this Passover, this, this year, this season of Passover, is about the threshing floor, stepping back into the threshing floor and warring for our inheritance. Uh, when I begin to study and look at the threshing floor, the threshing floor biblically was a place of harvest. When the wheat harvest would come in, they would place it on a threshing floor. They would normally have an ox or a heavy animal that would tread out that, separating the husk from the, the actual wheat. 
uh, the the chaff, I think it's called, and then they would throw it up in the air and the wind would blow, removing the chaff from the wheat. It was a picture of harvest that had come and the separation for harvest. You know, I believe God is separating people unto himself for the harvest right now in this season. 1 Corinthians 7, I believe it is, says, Come out from among them and be ye separate. I remember in Acts chapter 11, Separate Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to do. I don't know about you, but I believe that many are feeling a passion and a compassion from the Lord for those who are far from Jesus that with a, with a real heart to see those that are far from Jesus say yes to Jesus. And it's burning in our hearts to be part of of that harvest. And so in this season, one of my assignments is to help empower you, those that are ready to step into the harvest so that you can fully engage with the Lord. Judges chapter six is where we want to land just for a few moments. It's a familiar story of a man named Gideon. If I can set the stage for you really quick, in Judges chapter six, Israel, uh, which had been evil in the sight of the Lord uh, and had been delivered into the hand of the Midianites. And every seven years, the Midianites would come. It was a cycle, a cycle of destruction. Every seven years, the Midianites would come at the time of harvest and take away the harvest from Israel. And they had been living in this cycles uh, of destruction. And so all of a sudden, uh, we find the story evolved. And Chuck, by, by the way, was prophesying that these past seven years, there has been a cycles of the enemy trying to steal harvest from us. And so I want to prophesy to you, if, if, if you've been in cycles where you're about to step into the things of God and something happened to keep you from it, or you're about to, to have a personal harvest come into your life and the enemy, enemy came and devoured that, I'm prophesying to you in this season, this Passover, those cycles are broken and we are leaving uh, the wine press that I'll talk to you about in a moment and moving into the threshing floor to war over our inheritance for this season of harvest. And so in this story, we see God coming and finding a man named Gideon. I'll read a bit of the scripture to you. This is Judges chapter 6. So the Midianites are coming every seven years in the time of harvest to steal the harvest. All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord shows up. I don't know about you, but I love it that when the enemy keeps coming and keeps overplaying his hand, all of a sudden the angel of the Lord turns up. I believe the angel of the Lord is going to turn up. I feel the anointing right now. I believe the angel of the Lord is about to turn up in a lot of our lives and going to speak to us and minister to us. I believe that angel of the Lord is here with me today to release this message to you, the same angel that was there to, to empower Gideon. I feel that presence here with us today as we're talking about this because in Judges 6, chapter 11, it says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a terebinth tree which was in uh, Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, isn't that interesting? The wheat should have been threshed on a threshing floor, but Gideon is threshing it in a winepress. This really spoke to me when I read this. I know there's probably many thoughts about this, but this was my thought from Holy Spirit. Why was he threshing wheat in a wine press? I believe we, we, you and I, can be guilty of hiding in the anointing, hiding in church, the wine press, the place where the wine, the Holy Spirit moves, 
hiding within the four walls of the church, afraid of what might be out there in the harvest arena. And the little harvest that we have, we're just trying to keep it instead of believing God for the massive harvest that's outside our sphere of influence. And so it spoke so clearly to me about where we are at Word Alive right now that we don't want to hide in the anointing. As great as the anointing, we love it. We love worship. We love gathering. We love what goes on within the four walls of the church. But we want to get out into the harvest. And we're tired of the enemy coming and trying to block the harvest that God wants to bring in in this season to us. And so I feel like the first thing the Lord really spoke to me is we've, we've been hiding, if you will, within the four walls of the church instead of entering the harvest field. This book I've been reading lately called Scattered Servants by Alan Scott. It's from a pastor from Ireland. It's a beautifully written book, Scattered Servants talking about in Acts chapter 8, I believe it was, <clears throat> where the, when the persecution came, church was scattered, and everywhere they, we, they went, they preached to everyone, kind of where we've been in this pandemic. But check out this. This was so powerful to me. It says, the dream of God over your life is not that you become a believer and help out the local church. The dream of God over your life and my life is that we come alive in God's presence and bring life to everyone every environment we go into, spilling contagious hope into hurting humanity. God has entrusted believers with an assignment to lead the earth into life. Man, we don't want to be caught hiding in the wine press when the harvest is out here waiting on us. People that are far from the Lord wanting to say yes to the Lord, hurting humanity, needing you and I, transformational agents, to step in, out of the wine press into the harvest field. But I understand I've faced the same type fears you face, being afraid of stepping into the harvest field. Fortunately, I believe God's given us some great revelation that we've shared with you. You know, it's not the old school thought of passing out tracts or hammering people with the gospel, but it's just sharing the life that God has given you, even though we may be broken vessels and allowing others to see the hope that we have, even in the midst of our own brokenness and not waiting till we get fixed until we enter the harvest, but allowing God to fix us as we're actually in the harvest. And so I want to deal with this just a moment, just break that spirit of fear, that spirit of intimidation. Uh, Paul told Timothy, God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Therefore, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. There's people watching me right now. The gift of God is already in, already in you. And the Lord sent me today to stir that gift, stir it up on the inside of you so it can fully find its manifestation pushing past that spirit of fear and timidity and allowing that gift to fully find its manifestation. I, I, when I first started my journey, this was 35 years ago, I'll never forget you talking about pushing past fear and then letting the gift come alive. I'd just been in the ministry about six months. I was sitting on a platform at, at Pastor Benny Hinn's church. He was our leader and uh, was a, it was an interesting service. He, I've told this story before, but it's worth telling again. He all of a sudden, during the middle of the service, just started walking around speaking in the spirit, speaking in tongues. Came down, whispered something to his wife. She came on the platform. I thought she was going to you know, interpret the tongue. She comes over to me, sitting on the platform with the other pastors, and says, uh, Benny's just told me that the Lord told him not to speak in English, but to speak in tongues, and you're to interpret. Me, Kent Maddox. I've only been in the ministry six months. I've never prophesied. I've never had the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate through me other than the gift of speaking in tongues. Benny takes me by the hand, walks me out, this congregation of 2,000 people watching us, walks me right up to a couple. He speaks to the Spirit, looks at me to interpret. 
I'd heard, you know, thus says the Lord, so I said that and had nothing else. And it was humiliating. And, you know, I was just like pure failure right in the front of 2,000 people, just butchered it, trying to prophesy, no, just nothing, no anointing, no insight, no knowledge. And I thought, well, he'll realize I don't have this gift, right, and just put me down and give him another horse to ride. Oh, no, he takes me to another couple, then another couple, then another couple. And to be honest, I felt like I was dying on the inside watching 2,000 people stare at me waiting to see if I had that gift or not, which obviously at that time I didn't believe because it was not manifesting. And all I can explain to you is all of a sudden in the midst of that just absolute terror, uh, that trauma, that just humiliation, I died. It's like Kent died. And all of a sudden, as soon as that happened, the spirit of prophecy bubbled up in me. And the next thing you know, I was prophesying, interpreting the words that he was saying. And I was in a flow of the spirit that I had never been in in my life because God had broken off the spirit of the fear of man, the fear of error, the fear of, uh, you know, uh, being wrong uh, and moved me powerfully into a place of being able to minister and prophesy with the gift of the Holy Spirit. I wrote down this quote. I think it's powerful. It says, sometimes there are things God has for us that are only available in the presence of our enemies. I think we need to push past our fear right now, especially the fear of man, what people think. Fear of error. Well, what if I'm wrong? You know, the, the, spirit, the, spirit, the spirit of error is the fear of error. God's not going to let you be wrong. Jesus said, if you ask for a fish, I'm not going to give you a serpent. If you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a rock. If you ask for an egg, I'm not going to give you a scorpion. How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to, to those who ask him? Just ask God to give you good things to share with others and watch the Holy Spirit manifest his life through you as we move past our fears. In this same book, Scattered Servants, it speaks of the scarecrow, scarecrow principle, which is simply that in every field, especially in the south here, you'll see these beautiful fields full of fruit. They'll put a scarecrow in it designed to scare away the birds that are wanting to come and get into the harvest and eat the harvest. And this man made a great point, Alan Scott, that a lot of times the enemy will put a scarecrow in our field of fruitfulness, the very place that you may be the most afraid, the most afraid of doing or going or being a part of. That's where the fruit is that God wants you to be a part of the harvest. And so I'm prophesying to some of you, we're not going to live in the wine press threshing wheat anymore. We are moving in faith, beyond our fears, into the harvest field in Jesus' name. I, I, I really feel to share this, I, I wanted to move on quickly, but I really feel this is important because this, is, this, this changed my life forever as far as wanting to be a part of the harvest. And when I say harvest, I'm simply saying putting yourself in a place serving the poor, loving people, sharing your life with people to the point that they can say yes to God and allow God to come into their life. I'll never forget, Bev and I were in Kissimmee, Florida <clears throat> with our son, Caleb Young, at the time and uh, at uh, SeaWorld. And uh, we were on the way in, riding the tram, you know, into SeaWorld. And all of a sudden, a, a man and his son sat beside me and Holy Spirit said, tell them about me. Tell them about my goodness. And I was so afraid I didn't do it, of course. And I uh, just said, I can't do that. You know, I'm at I'm not in church. I'm at, I'm at SeaWorld. The next thing you know, you know, we toured around the park, got in line to get a drink. Who was standing right beside me? That man and his son, Holy Spirit, tell him about me. Still full of fear, wouldn't do it. Then we sat at Shamu, you know, the big whale show. I don't know, hundreds of people there. Who sat right beside me? The man and his son. Holy Spirit, 
share the goodness of God with him, tell him about me. So locked in with fear, couldn't do it. Now it's nightfall. We're leaving the park. We're one of the last people out, last on the tram, last tram out. Somebody saying, wait a minute, who is it? The guy and his son coming out of the park. Last, last train out, sat beside me. Holy Spirit said, tell them about me. So locked in with fear, didn't do it. And I watched him get off my car and walk out into the darkness and get in their car. And my heart broke inside of me that I had allowed fear to keep me from allowing Holy Spirit to use me in the harvest to tell someone of the goodness of God and allow them to say yes to God. Now, tradition and religion mindsets would say, well, you know, they never met anybody to tell them about God. Well, that's not true. Somebody else got the, got the joy and privilege of doing that. But one thing it taught me was I, would, I said to the Lord that night, I will never let fear stop me from doing that again. I may make a fool out of myself. I may say some wrong things, but I will not let feel, fear grip me any longer. And so I just want to prophesy and say in the name of Jesus, we break off the spirit of fear and intimidation that would keep us from allowing Holy Spirit to use us in the harvest field in this season in Jesus' name. I want to share one more point from the story of Gideon. It's a very powerful story. And it's in verse 12, and it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, Hey, Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, I don't know about you, but I love this portion of this story. So here's Gideon, afraid, in fear, hiding in the wine press. Obviously, he's not a mighty man of valor. He is not a mighty warrior. He's hiding in fear. And all of a sudden, the holy angel showed up and says, Hey, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Don't you love that? Don't you love it that even when we're afraid and we were hiding maybe in fear and, and keeping ourselves out of the harvest, the Lord doesn't rebuke us or condemn us over it. He calls those things that are not as though they should be. He sees your destiny. He sees your potential. He sees the giftedness inside of you. He looks beyond our failures, beyond our weaknesses, and right to the heart of the matter. And he says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. I'm prophesying again today to somebody. I'm calling forth your destiny. I'm calling forth your purpose. You need to start believing what God says about you, not what the world says about you. Believe what God says about you, not what people or family or friends say about you because there is a destiny on your life. There is a purpose in your life. And I believe God is wanting us to step into our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. Romans 8 says the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God and the daughters of God to rise up in the earth. It's time to walk in our identity. It's not changed. Genesis 126 says you and I, to be human is to be godlike. Genesis 1.26, for he, God created us in his own image, gave us dominion and authority, and said, be fruitful and multiply. The whole original purpose of God's kingdom in the earth was to, be, was to raise up children of God that would be agents of transformation to fill the earth and multiply the earth with the good things of God and the good things of heaven. Just because the fall happened in the garden didn't change God's plan. God redeemed it through Jesus Christ. And now according to 1 Peter, uh, what is it, 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, Now you and I are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, called to show forth the praises of him who has delivered us out of darkness and put us into his marvelous light. It's time to walk in our identity. That's why the enemy fights you and I so much. 
the number one thing the enemy tries to do is not steal your money, not steal your health, not even steal your strength or your joy or even the, the precious things around us. The enemy's number one thing to steal is our identity because uh, it says, uh, what is it, in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can steal your identity, he can kill your purpose and destroy your destiny. So the enemy keeps coming to us trying to steal our identity. Jesus is our model. Remember, Jesus was baptized, John 3 or Matthew 3. Jesus is baptized in Matthew 3. The Father speaks, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He's never done anything for God yet. He's not done any miracles. He's not wrought any deliverance. God's saying, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Boom, immediately, next chapter, sent into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. What did the devil tempt him with? If you are the Son of God. He questioned his identity. If you are the Son of God, make this rock a stone, rock into bread. If you are the Son of God, cast yourself down off this, off this temple. If you are the Son of God, he tried to get Jesus to buy into a performance mentality that if you are, if your truly identity is in God, then why aren't you acting like it? And isn't that what the enemy does, tries to do to me and you all the time? He tries to get us to back, buy back into an old law-based mentality that our, our identity is based on our behavior instead of being based on what God has said about us through his word. And so I just really feel an unction on the Holy Spirit that we're breaking out of these old mindsets we all know our own weaknesses and our own failures, but God looks beyond that. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Paul the Apostle had the same experience. He was a murderer, got saved. We find him uh, in the end of the book of Acts on the island of Malta. It says they're shipwrecked. He gets ashore. All of a sudden, they build a fire, and a snake comes out, grabs hold of Paul. I, I believe speaking of the enemy, bites him, and the people on Malta said, you must be a murderer. Isn't that interesting? That's who he actually used to be. See, the fires of life will cause that old man to come back and that enemy will come back and grab a hold of you and even drag you into some old behaviors that you used to do. And the enemy wants to make you think just because you got bit and got pulled back into an old behavior that that's actually your identity. But oh no, what did Paul do? It says he shook off the beast and then he lived and all the people said, you must be a god. That was his new identity. So I'm prophesying to somebody today, no matter what your past failures have been, no matter what weaknesses you've endured, no matter what kind of things you've had to walk through, today you can just shake off that old mindset, shake off the enemy, and step into your new identity. God is calling us into the harvest for such a time as this. And he's not calling those that are got it all together. He's calling all of us that are messes. He's going to turn our mess into a message, and we're going to be messengers of his power. David's mighty men were broke, discouraged, disillusioned, uh, in despair and God used this motley crew and raised up a mighty army for the glory of God and I believe that's exactly what God is doing right now here at Word Alive. God is speaking to those of us that have been hiding in the wine press and saying you are mighty men and women of valor. Move on beyond your fear. Lay hold of your purpose and destiny and let's enter the harvest field. I want to read just a couple more quotes from me then I want to pray for us today because I really feel Holy Spirit on this message. I love this. It says, Jesus has conferred on us a kingdom as ambassadors of the kingdom. We already have all we need. We don't need to pray asking God to make us less. 
get this, we don't need to pray asking God to make us less. When I, was, when I grew up I, in the church, I heard people say all the time, I must decrease so he can increase. You know, always trying to, you know, the, and I understand humility. But listen to this. We don't need to pray asking God to make us less. He wants to show us off. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. I believe God is saying, this writer says, stop thinking it's holy to hide. Woo! Get visible. You are the light of the world, and unless you show up, people will never see it. Unless you show up in your true identity, the world will never come into its true identity. People in your sphere of influence, people you work with, people you go to school with, people in your sphere of family influences, they're just waiting for you to step into your identity so they can step into theirs. I know there's people in my life, they're just waiting on me to step into my true identity in the Lord so they can step into their identity. The Lord is waiting on us. Instead of praying less of me, more of you, try praying this, God, make my life a reference point for your grace and glory. Man, I love that. Make my life a reference point for your grace and glory. God, when you're moving on the earth, let it be known that you're moving through me. Man, I really feel that's what the Lord's on right now. Psalm 84, I'm going to turn here quickly. I wasn't planning on doing it, but Psalm 84 finishes this story up, up for us because if you know the story of Gideon, God sent him out with a small army, started with 30,000, narrowed it down to 300, and God sent him out with a, some broken jars and said, break them to let the light shine forth, sound the alarm, and when it did, God sent an ambush and delivered Israel from the Midianites and he stepped into his destiny as a mighty man of valor. It simply says because he found grace and favor with God. I love that. I believe it's an example of us broken vessels, clay vessels with the light shining in us and the sound of worship and praise out of our mouth and testifying of the goodness and the hope of God. This is what's going to bring the harvest in. In Jesus' name. Psalm 84 says these words. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I really believe God's wanting us to stand uprightly in this season. Present our lives to him as instruments. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, proving what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. One translation, the message translation says it like this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. I believe we are moving into a significant time of harvest like we've never seen happening where people are going to say yes to God who are far from him and you and I are being called to the harvest for such a time as this. So, Father, I just pray for those watching today. I pray in the name of Jesus, first of all, that we would hear your call to the harvest. You said, pray the Lord of harvest. The harvest is white, but the laborers are few. Lord, I pray right now that a faith would be released, that we would move out of our hiding places, hiding, yes, even in the anointing and in church, 
and step into the harvest field, moving beyond our fears, beyond our intimidations of the enemy to step into our destiny and our purpose. I think you're speaking to people right now about what they can do. Prayer walk their neighborhood, reach out to a neighbor, reach out to a coworker, move into the harvest in the name of Jesus. Do something beyond our fears to see God allow you to be a transformational agent. Lord, we put on our new identity. We take off the old man and we put on the new man, which is renewed in the spirit of Christ. And we thank you right now that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are truly sons and daughters of the Most High God that you are calling in this season to arise to show forth the praises of you who's delivered us out of darkness into light. And so, Lord, let this message resonate with the army. Let those dry bones come alive. Let this army, I prophesy, Ezekiel said, prophesy, prophesy to the army of God that's listening to me today and let it resonate. Let those who hear you, let it resonate in your spirit. I prophesy to those who are called to the army of the Lord, to the harvest field. Let this message penetrate you, resonate with you, and now ignite you and stir the gift of God on the inside of you to step into harvest. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God, amen. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Thank you for giving your generosity. Thank you for listening to the message. If you're on YouTube watching, email me. Our e my, my email is kent at wordalive.org. If you're watching on Facebook or social media, contact us. Share this word out with friends and others so that they can hear the message as well. We believe it's a new season. We believe it's time to step into the harvest field. And we believe that God is going to use you and me ordinary people doing extraordinary things under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus in Acts 10, 38, who anointed with the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Step into the harvest field, fight for your inheritance, leave fear and intimidation, and let's go after it in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. I'll see you next time. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.